And the timer's running. Hey everybody, welcome to Forging Worlds. I'm Alan. I'm Matt. And today we're going to be doing another episode of our uh, world building podcast. Woohoo! Uh, Very so, exciting. Yeah, we're not going to really, because we put ourselves on a self-inflicted timer for each episode, uh, we're not going to recap. So it's all, it's available. Go listen to it. Go listen to that thing. So we were, we left off last time. Uh, talking about our desert tribe, the Himerium, yeah. um, and they were desert scholars that were protecting ancient secrets, but they lived in an oasis kind of in the middle of a desert. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what what I really wanted to add to them, just kind of flavor-wise, or I guess maybe culturally or aesthetically, is... Um, what what kind of inspired them to take on this role? Uh, kind okay. Of like the foundation of it. So I'm picturing like there's there's something in the middle of the oasis or maybe under the oasis or adjacent to in a neighboring part of the desert. Um, something like some old building or temple or maybe like a bunker complex. Um, something that, you know, they may have come out of that almost like a vault from Fallout. Is kind of what I'm picturing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's been so long that memory of what it is, where it came from, all that is faded, and they just know that they are the recorders of history now. Okay, very cool. So do they even go back to this forgotten bunker anymore? I, I would see it more as maybe maybe not a proper bunker. Maybe it's Okay, a bunker of sorts, well, but... Because what I'm thinking is very much Fallout 4 in that there were cryostasis pods. And maybe that's why they have more advanced technology than the other tribes, is that they... Um, an unfortunate and unpredicted side effect of the cryostasis was uh, amnesia. And so they emerge from these cryostasis pods. They have all of these documents and records of things that happened, but they don't remember. So they are protecting this knowledge because it is their only connection to their past. What what I was picturing, I, I like that. I think that might fit better in with some, like a splinter group from the islands, maybe. Ooh, maybe we could do that for the islands. Okay. Um, or, or something connected to the islands. We can play around with that. What I'm picturing is more like, um, the library episode from Avatar The Last Airbender, when they out, they're out in the desert and they find that ancient library underground. Okay, yeah. I'm picturing like a bunker that was a repository of knowledge, like the seed vault in Norway. Okay. So so they, they found it or they were descended to the keepers of it, whatever. Um, but I'm picturing just like, you go in, you go down, and it just opens up to a vast cavern that's just bookshelves. So kind of like the Forest of the Dead from Doctor Who. Kind of, yeah, the planet-wide library, kind of that. Yeah. Um, just not a planet, necessarily. Right. Um, but it could be this immeasurably huge underground, like, tunnels. They're not even sure they found all of it. It just kind of keeps going and stretching out underneath the desert, and after a while they had to turn back, because if they kept going, they would, like, run out of supplies. Yeah, yeah, something like that, and definitely it's like, bookcases along walls and rooms that had things in it and like i'm picturing i'm picturing just like a central cavern that is like ground to ceiling bookshelves with pathways and walkways connecting 
So the first thing you see is just like the central hive of knowledge. Whether anyone can read it or access it, who knows? That's play with that on your own time, GMs. Um, but that's that's what I'm picturing as like the thing that they're protecting and the thing that they're adding to and still exploring. Absolutely. And they I, I like the idea that there are like Indiana Jones-esque like scholars that are like, no, we'll brave the tunnels. We'll brave the unknowns because of course they're monsters. Duh. Um, it's got infested with uh, different things. So there are these special explorer scholars that continue to explore the catacombs and bring back maybe not remove books, but bring back records of what they found. So new knowledge that they've discovered, leaving it in place because it's sacred, but, you know, bringing back uh, rubbings or, you know, notes. Alan, Alan, they discovered, one of the first things they discovered in the center of the main chamber was the catalog system. Yes. And Dewey Decimal or some equivalent. And that's what they bring back. Yep. Is the, is the, the catalog numbers. I love it. Okay. Um, so and they can be called the catalogers. Yes, that's exactly what they're called. Um, so let's, uh, we, we'll, we'll return to touch on them in greater detail later. Um, we have three tribes left on the northern continent to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, we've, put, we've put the lake people in a lake that's kind of on the south, uh, southeast corner of the continent. Uh, the mm-hmm. desert people in the desert that's in roughly the center of the continent. Um, so there are there's space there's space to distribute them equally around the continent on the drawing. There's like little niches all the way around where we could distribute them as like that's their central area. Um, or what we could do is we could have two primary hunter-gatherer tribes that we add in, mm-hmm. and then one that's the more technologically advanced one that's descended from the island people that have shown up over here. Okay. Um, I just had a thought for one. Go ahead. But I don't know if... So I just had this thought of what if there was a forest that was so dense in its canopy that no light ever got to the forest floor? Okay. And so these people live in perpetual shadow. Okay, I can dig that. So so almost like a Amazon like a rainforest or yes, kind of a- like a rainforest except more complete. So maybe the canopy has woven itself together to where it's like absolutely no light comes through. The only light that is created is created by the people who live there. Okay, I'm picturing I'm picturing like a almost a rainforest made out of baobabs, where they have that ooh, you know, that thick, massively thick trunk that goes up, and then it just mm-hmm. immediately like almost like plateaus out. So something akin to a baobab is kind of what I'm picturing there. So that it's there's plenty of room to maneuver and for other things to grow, mm-hmm. and there's also just a ceiling of Tree leaves. I like that. That's really cool. But like, I also like the idea of them learning to cultivate bio bioluminescent plants. 
Um, they had to learn agriculture in darkness. So they rely a lot on tubers and uh, root plants, that okay. kind of stuff. Uh, maybe their eyes are adjusted to the darkness, so they see very, very well in the dark, but you can easily blind them with really bright light. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just see kind of this city of shadow. And not in a ooh, evil, spooky way, but just a we live in the dark and we have adapted our culture to live in the dark. We still trade um, with the rest of the world and stuff like that. We just meet kind of in the middle. We'll go into kind of a twilight area around our, around our city essentially and trade and do everything or even welcome outsiders into our city. It's just, this is how we function. Okay. I can dig that. Um, I think what we might need to do uh, geographically to to make that work a little bit better is um, put them on this little area right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that 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 section, and put a couple of big rivers coming out coming out of that, so that there's the there's enough water in that area to kind of allow for a rainforest to grow. Absolutely. And we could even put that um, maybe there's some specific type of moss or something that grows along that cliffside where the rivers are that mm -hmm. gives the river some bioluminescent properties. Oh, I mean, the, the whole rivers, once they hit the rain, once they hit the Baobab forest, probably glows. Like mm -hmm. maybe they're just the twin glowing rivers. That's, right. That's a and that, dumb that was name their original source of light. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to add in there just geographically to that section is I'm going to kind of wall it off a little bit and add a mountain range to kind of break it up a little bit so that mm -hmm. it becomes that natural depression where moisture will gather. Right. Uh, and listeners, if you know more about how geography and weather works than we do, sorry. Oops. <laughs> That's I'm a biologist, not a meteorologist. And I'm in the humanities in a big way, so... I know enough to be dangerous and not enough to be accurate. So uh, so I'm going to do that and then add in two rivers that kind of come off that mountain range and exit into the ocean. Absolutely. And we can just have that whole area is kind of their turf. So here's the other question. Um, what do we, how do we want them to interact with the rest of the world? Like with the other tribes, how are they just like, super protective like don't come into our lands or are they isolationist or are they i don't think so i okay. see them as being open i i want this to be a little bit of a juxtaposition that when your you know your reader or your player hears about this sh city of darkness and this you know oh these shadow people and they live in the dark you know, that obviously conjures very specific imagery, and I want to counteract that. I want these people to be open. I want these people to be friendly and kind. Um, I want these people to, you know, be willing to share their discoveries and things, but they are fiercely protective of their homeland. You are welcome onto their land, but the moment you cause trouble, they will end you. I like that. Okay, so they're definitely just kind of like, I'm 
going to use cliches because they're cliches for a reason or archetypes if we want to be less insulting about it. Um, So they're kind of the Gaia, the Gaia oriented people. Yeah. Don't mess with our world. Don't mess with our land. People of the land kind of deal. Kind of, you know, and, and it's, it's respect the darkness, you know, don't come in and expect, you know, everything and expect, I, I almost see it as a, um, Pocahontas colors of the wind kind of situation only backwards instead of can you paint with all the colors of the wind can you respect the different shades of darkness and why darkness is just as important as light I'm also seeing like some places in the forest where for whatever reason there are breaks in the canopy Mm -hmm. and those just like you know, if you're walking along, it's very Zelda. Um, you know that artwork where mm-hmm. where in the middle of the dark wood, you see very just that so. beam of light coming down on the Master Sword. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing those, and I'm seeing things built in those circles of light, or in those pillars of light that are like holy places. Yeah. So there might be some temples built there or something, where the temple is almost built around the column of light. So you can see the light coming down you can see the temple you can walk in and the light is still there because light is so precious to them Ooh, what about two um so these temples are crystalline so maybe from the mountainous area they have harvested this beautiful crystal and they have started to work and have become crystal smiths essentially and these temples made of crystal capture the light and they funnel that light into their forest. So their light that they have like in their cities are directly coming from these temples. Okay. So, so so there, there are certain places like maybe, maybe their King or their palace or wherever their leader is that gets light directly from the temples. So that place is considered holy as well. Okay. I'm I'm almost seeing um, kind of like a Protoss energy crystal pylon kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So that there's like somehow, somehow they've harnessed this where there's like a network of crystals that just hang from trees that jump from these temple sites back to the main. I don't, maybe, I don't see this as like a camp-like tribe. I see this definitely as like a city. Mm-hmm. Might be more like a Mayan stone city, but definitely like a city. And maybe even have it be energy. Maybe have it be that these are the first people to actually not get electricity per se, but get energy and get power through these crystal networks. What if then, what if they didn't mine the crystal directly at first? What if they found those crystals and it just happened to be the first one they found was under a break in the canopy. Yeah. So they, they just carved the ones that they found and maybe like climbed up into the canopy and cleared off some areas around these other outcroppings. So, and then eventually as they progressed, they dug down when they were building their city and found some mines of these crystals and were able to then use it to bring power maybe, around. Maybe the light makes the crystals grow. Make my crystal grow. So maybe like, so they were carved in a certain way, Mm -hmm. but then they started to grow 
of their own accord and reach towards the light. So they're these beautiful, thin kind of tendrils of crystal that are reaching up towards the light. And as the crystals are exposed to more energy, they kind of grow of their own accord. There's some magic, quote unquote, in the crystals. And so that's kind of the basis of these people's magic system is the crystals and their power. I'm seeing I'm seeing there. Um, we, we said we said originally that, like the northern tribe was more witch based. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing these guys as maybe more on the shamanistic side. And their shamans are probably are actually like some of them, the highest ranking ones, tend to these temple sites and will harvest these crystals as they grow. And other shamans can craft them into things. They sing. These shamans sing to the crystals and they've learned the specific vibrations that make the crystals do certain things. I love that. Um, Okay, so I was going to ask this question um, about what their name is, but I think their name in their own language means people of the song. Mm -hmm. But to everyone else, like that became people of the twilight or people of the shadows. Right. So we need to find a language that sounds like a Germanic language and that's something that says like people of the song, what that is, so that it sounds real brutal and guttural so that mm-hmm. it can sound dark and nasty to outsiders. But in the reality, they're just like slightly isolationist. Y'all are welcome here. Just don't mess with anything or we kill you. Exactly. But, our, but their entire culture is built around you know, singing to these holy sites okay um so people of the song is that what we want to go with people of the song mm-hmm. okay and to outsiders people of the shadow people of twilight people of the shadow i think okay. people of the shadow and so we covered their um are you looking up their a uh, translation name from check Lidae. Okay. No, if I can't pronounce it. That sounds French. It does. Watch um, out with those Cyrillic languages. They will they will be brutal. Wintir and Toran. I like that. Um what's a good short which which do you know which part of that means song? I think it's Toran. Cool. So Oran is song. Oran is of the song. So let's 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 call them then, like, their tribal name will be something based on Torum. Okay. Uh, just, we just need to modify or corrupt that word a little bit. Because that sounds like it could be Shadow as well, like... Mm-hmm. What do we... Marinette, Hemiarum... Seltoran? S-E-L-T-O-R-A-N? I like that. And Sel is people of... Yeah, I think to in their language, yes. Seltorum. I like that a lot. Okay, natural outcrusting of crystal. That grow in the light. I love that, that the crystal grows. So maybe it's actually more like a plant. It's mm-hmm. some sort of plant that's actually doing that. It's It's a weird hybrid plant mineral, but it has crystalline properties like you know, and, and that could be another reason why the energy works is because it's actually photosynthetic. I, I like that it's a plant, that it's like the crystal is almost just an adaptation instead mm-hmm. of bark. Yep. Okay, uh, do we want 
to name their shaman types? Do we even worry about that? Uh, I would just call them singers. Okay. And, and I'm getting in that, in that same is uh, Cianadare. Um, mm-hmm. But let me try crystal. Do you like having the shamans also be craftsmen of the crystals? I do. Um, yeah. What about crystal part? That sounds a little too English. Okay. Um, it, it means uh, crystal speaker in Gaelic. Um, drop the Chris, so Tolebart. Okay, Tolebart. Okay. Um, how, what, we've, we've identified that they have a city. Mm-hmm. What sort of leadership do they have? Or do we worry about that? Or I would think that they have a democratic... Like a council or like an elected? Like a council. Okay. Like maybe they have different families and it's still kind of tribal. Like the origins of this city were several tribes came together in the Shadow City or in the Shadowlands or whatever. And they said, you know, instead of all of us working separately, why don't we all work together? And so they formed a council, let's say... There are four council members, and there were four original tribes. Let's uh, let's bump that a little bit, and I, I want to say five. Five, okay. Uh, specifically because I'm picturing that these five primary crystal temples, Ooh, that there are okay. five of those that are scattered about. And so each one, like this council, grew out of a tribe that grew out around one of these crystals. So the way that their chief shaman shapes that temple is different for every family mm-hmm. which which would allow some natural things to occur like one family is better at healing with the crystals one family yep. is better at warfare one is better at communication i we can get to that later we'll, we will get to that later mm-hmm. um but i like the idea that there are five families that grew up around these crystals and that the the shaman is not the head of the family. The shaman is number two. Yeah. The head of the family is on the council. That 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 has shifted over the centuries as mm-hmm. the city has become more important and they have unified as a people that the shaman was probably the original leader of the, the tribe. Yeah. But now it's the councilman members, so. Okay. Let's let's move on. We need two more tribes. Do we want these um, tribes to be more hunter gathery or I would like one to be more more hunter gathery in that they don't actually have like a more set nomadic. Place. Yeah. That they just roam in a giant circle all the way around the desert and just follow herd animals all year long. Okay, I like that. So we have a nomad, a nomadic tribe. Ooh, maybe this nomadic tribe are outcasts from the desert people. Maybe they're just outcasts. Like, I like I like that. Maybe they're just outcasts, just in general. Mm. They're outcasts from every tribe. Every tribe. Okay. That, that if you don't have a place on this continent, they'll take you in. All right, so this is the nomad tribe. We can come up with a better name. Maybe they're the forgotten people. Ooh, the forgotten people. Like that's that's what they call themselves. Or or is that too is that too noble? 
Like, no, because I kind of like the idea that their goal as a tribe is to become the remembered. So they're trying to do something to prove themselves to the world. Were 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 they originally were the original outcasts maybe just some people from all the tribes that were trying to unify them? Ooh, yeah. And I so like they that. all kicked them out and so now the descendants are just like well, fine. We will not have a central, a central place. We will not have one city until we have all of your cities. Until we are all unified. Okay. Okay. So if there, if these are way more hunter gatherer and probably trader types, as I'm seeing them now, almost more like some aspects of Romani culture in there. Yeah. As well. Um. So where they're. Like the main bands, because I'm also picturing several bands that kind of circle at different points during the year. Absolutely. Um, they're, if they're chasing some herds of things across the grasslands as they move, then they're also trading with the tribes as they come in contact with them, right? To mm-hmm. sell off what they don't need to reinforce like, oh, well, we would love some fish from the marinette. So we're going to take this uh, crop from something some cornfield that maybe they keep communally in one area and they just care for it as they pass we're gonna take this crop of corn like substance and trade it for fish so now y'all have meal and we have fish Mm -hmm. we'll eat what we need dry the rest and trade it off to the tribal people who don't have fish like that Mm -hmm. so i immediately spring to how do these tribes communicate with each other how do these bands like of people of all of the forgotten people how do they how do their bands keep in contact with each other and i arrived on something and it may be stupid but i arrived on something called memory water tell me more about memory water it is the idea that this water came from a very special place and each of the roving bands has access to it and when you pour it into a dish it allows you to see the other parts of the memory water. So if you pour the memory water into a dish and someone else pours the memory water into a dish, then you can see that person and communicate with them. Okay. I but it's not actual that. water. It's it, it looks more like quicksilver. So if you were to spill it, you could recollect it. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask, and there needs to be some method Maybe it's really, really hard, or maybe you just go back to the source, but there needs to be some method to, like, top up your amount, because there's going to be some loss just over time. Right. So maybe maybe they have to stop in, empty their entire bucket in to put in all of their, like, maybe, like, their leader has, like, personal locks where they speak to the water. Yes. So that's how it stores for the rest of the tribe. And then they scoop scoop up a new basin of it pouch of Mm -hmm. it basin they use a basin but they probably have like almost an amphora maybe Mm -hmm. um yes they have an amphora we can we don't have to guess we can pee deliberate yes um so here's 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 a trick that i'm thinking i love that alan that is very very cool and we definitely are that is how they communicate did this maybe grow over a crystal shard that someone brought from the... I like that idea. So they let it grow, and then it just, like, broke into some stream in the mountain. 
and somehow and it all transmuted. That's also what they do with their dead bodies. Add it that's to also the... how they honor their dead, is they they put the dead into the memory water, and the memory water just dissolves them, essentially, and incorporates their knowledge and memories into the water. Okay, then I'm also going to need to add one more thing to this uh, with that addition. So basically a lake of death, lake of memory. Uh, there's uh, It's definitely, like, they see a spring of it, maybe... 10 to 20 feet mm-hmm. wide. And it, so there's like some, clearly it's coming out of the side of a mountain or something. Um, but it goes way, way deeper than they know. Like there's mm-hmm. a massive underground reservoir of it. That's every time they add a body. Well, that's more matter. Plus sometimes animals just fall in and die. And that's more matter. And this Alan I think this might be an old world thing. I think this might be gray goo. Mm. That there comes a point at some point down the line where it just reaches like a critical density. Something happens, something, the wrong bit of technology falls in of old world tech falls in and suddenly it's sentient again. And they have to decide if their cultural memories are worth preserving against that threat. Mm-hmm. But that's down the road. That's a really that's a plot hub that we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. That is a fantastic. Yes, I love that. That's great. So it's partially whatever it was, bit of old world gray goo tech that was like transmuted by a crystal mm-hmm. that grew into it. And then they just found out what it could do and started using it because yep. people never ask questions about things like that that are beneficial. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so maybe it drives them crazy. Over like, time? Over time. Like the leaders, maybe in order to like gain the knowledge of it, you must bathe in it. Ooh, yeah, because that, that would link you to it. Exactly. So the leaders of each of the bands bathe in the water in a, like within a certain window, like every four years they have to bathe in the water or else they start to lose their link. But every time they expose themselves to it, it's like you said, more matter has been added. So light or the dead have been added. Animals have been added memories and Thoughts that are that were not there when they bathed four years ago have been added, and the accumulation of all of this is enough to make them eventually go mad. I I, I see it, it's almost like one of those things where you have to fight to maintain yourself outside of like the collective knowledge of the pool. Yep. And so maybe that's what it is: is it eats sentience, it mm. consumes the self. And so over time, eventually, there's going to be enough that have fed it that it can make its own. Yes, I like that. So, um, yes, I like. And so the, the idea is the pool won't let you go if you cannot assert yourself separate from it. Yep. If you cannot remove yourself from the lake, it will swallow you. Yeah. And so that's that's what happens. It's. Maybe it's not so much that they go insane, although there's probably some madness associated with it. It's that their minds just become too weak to separate from the collective conscious. 
and they just don't come out of the pool when they bathe, and they will have to every time. Like, there's probably some signs of it. Like, they had a real hard time getting out of the pool four years ago, so I've spent four years teaching this dude, or this lady, whatever whoever they choose, because I feel like they're just completely egalitarian. Like Yeah, egalitarian. They don't have time so. for gender, gender roles. No. Yeah. Um, so they teach whoever to be their successor over four years, and it's like, cool, I might not come out of that water, and if I don't, you have to jump in and take over. Good luck. And maybe it's kind of horrifying when that happens. So like their their group are around and if they fail, they literally dissolve into like the they just turn into the quicksilver and just meld into the pool. Yeah. There's and then that. it's like, okay, it's your turn. Now you got to go in. <laughs> Dude just died. Your turn. And, and you know it's a young, a younger person. Like, mm-hmm. always has to be. 15, 16, somewhere along that age, because they have to have the longevity of it. Absolutely. And we could even say that, like, having a leader who's over 45 or over 50 is insane. Like, that person is, like, the leader of the forgotten people by age. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like an elder takes on a whole new meaning. And I feel like there's one of those right now. Mm -hmm. There is one of those at whatever the current age of this world is. There's one of those, and we'll 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 save this a discussion of this more towards later episodes. But I don't know if he's actually him anymore, or if he's the or if the pool has adapted. Yeah, that is cool. I like the idea that it's the pool. And basically that that guy died, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah, he was actually extremely weak willed. Mm -hmm. But now it's not actually a challenge for him. And he will be that leader until he dies of some other cause. Because the pool is just like, hey, welcome back, buddy. Mm -hmm. He will always survive the pool. And maybe even the pool... The pool is learning how to be an individual from but, him. But the pool is also feeding him. So maybe the life force that it's taking from the people that fail are feeding into him. So he's getting a preternaturally long life. Eventually. Yeah. If it gets that far. Yeah. I I, I feel like eventually, and oh gosh, we're, we're delving too far into this guy, but like patches of him are starting to become silvery. Yes. Like, under his, I was thinking the eyes. Clothes. Yeah. His, like his the irises, irises have become silver. Have become silver. And to hide it, to hide that that's happening, the pool has now learned that over time, after every like third immersion or so, they will it it will now automatically change the eyes of every leader that bathes in it mm-hmm. to hide that corruption. Yes. Okay. Holy crap! That's amazing. Um, let's. Let's dig in here real fast. Where do we where do we want that pool to be located? Because we don't want that to be just like anywhere near another tribe's area. No, what is the farthest reach that we can go from our established tribes? Uh up in this up in this area, there are two little indentations. We could put them in one of like this one. That's probably the I like that, yeah geographic farthest so 
That's and maybe rare. have it be in the center of like a dead volcano. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Because it also leads to the shaft of sunlight being perfectly like the ring, the opening ring of the volcano is perfectly circular. Mm-hmm. So the pool doesn't escape the bounds of the sunlight. And maybe even the pool recedes when the sun's not there. Yeah, because it reacts to the crystal. And exactly, that's what I'm saying. See, like, the crystal is in the middle of this area. Like It got planted there by one of the Forgotten, who came from the, the Shadow People. He brought this shard and planted it here because no one from a forest would ever look in at a caldera. Mm-hmm. It's, they wouldn't believe it could grow there, but it did. And then it grew down and tapped into that reservoir, and now that reservoir flows up and adapted the growing qualities from the crystal. Yep. Which I feel like the crystal now has veins of that silver running through. Oh, of course it, it does. Before. Absolutely. Okay. So we need one more tribe. So I want this to be the true hunter-gatherers. Instead of the nomad traders, I want these to be the more traditional barbarian tribe. Okay. Okay. So do we just want to have, like, one whole area that's just plains and there are just families of them that Mm -hmm. I think that's a good idea. Okay. Um, I would love to play with gender. Okay. But I don't want to basically be like, oh, they're Amazons. But I see them very much like lions and lionesses in that the women are the ones that do the hunting. The men stay at home with the children. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Um, So women are in traditionally masculine roles and men are in traditionally feminine roles. Okay. We need, we need to then, I think, I think we had talked about like the lake people, um, like their, their magic people, their witches or witch types are probably very, very respected and very high because they're the ones that kind of grow the the Mm -hmm. baskets they live in. I feel on this one, they have traditional, like, they have a witch that lives away from everybody. Like she probably, she and whoever she's teaching live in the center of their, their area, their territory. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's like the lone mountain peak in the area. And like, mm-hmm. she lives in some caves in there. Um, but then everywhere else with all the tribe, with all the, not tribes, with all the bands, mm-hmm. there's actually a different, like an, a, a religion. Okay. Where there's a male priest in more of a priest role, like a more of a Jesuit kind of role. Mm-hmm. But they, but since women, since this is matriarchal, the witch is actually probably the highest authority in the tribe. Mm-hmm. And she probably actually teaches those Jesuit type priests. Absolutely. And they're basically mini witches. But they can't call themselves witches, so they call themselves priests. Yeah. I don't I don't even know if witch is probably the word they use. They probably do call it something else. Mm-hmm. Um so let's call these I need a good like shorthand name. I'm just gonna call them the Plains Tribe. Okay. 
And what do if we wanted these? to step on Magic the Gathering, we could call them the Planeswalkers, but... Ugh, please no, let's not get sued right away. <laughs> let's, let's save lawsuits for, like, number 11 or 12. Okay, cool beans. I think we can do that. <laughs> Maybe. Um, that's not a promise, listeners. Do not hold me to that. I'm not going to infringe copyright. Gonna get sued, sued, sued. Gonna get sued, sued, sued. Um, All so, monsters. Um, but I also want, and, and here's the main reason that I want this. I want childbirth to be the greatest honor and the greatest battle that a woman fights. Like, I want pregnant women to be, like, revered almost like gods once they're giving birth. Like, during pregnancy, I still want them to be, like, warriors and still fight and still hunt and still do all of that. But, like, I want childbirth to be very revered. I can get behind that. I can see some people being very, very, very negatively reactive to that as an idea. Well, the reason is I, I, I want it to be that the creation of life is the most powerful magic magic and that women alone are able to create life yes a man has to be involved but it is the woman that cultivates and grows the life i wonder let, let's let's take that i think maybe a step further okay in that oh i don't know how to do this without just being real weird um we might this might be a thing that gets cut we'll we'll see um so what if they actually have found ways, what if they actually can't give birth naturally? Ooh, okay. That for whatever reason, this tribe is, was actually from some sterilized people that originally used some sort of science to do in vitro fertilization or something. Okay. And now use some sort of magic ritual that the witch, the main lady, um, let's change that. Let's almost let's like parthenogenesis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not not so much as like birthed out of clay like Wonder Woman, but definitely something where the main woman in this mountain with her acolytes is able to manipulate energies to draw an essence out of a man. Mm-hmm. Not not biologically, definitely like a magic or energy, and well, use that out of to anyone. Then... So if you know, and we could even do it. Uh, since since let's go whole hog that if like two men were together that their essences could be combined and and they're definitely like it still needs to be biological reproduction Mm -hmm. on that end so they would need to find a woman who was willing to carry their child right and once she gives birth they raise her they raise the child the two men right um i also think that like, okay, this isn't as weird as I thought it would be in my head, so we're leaving this in. I apologize if anyone's squicked out by by this. Um, don't know. I think we've steered away enough that it, you won't be. Um, so anyone, any two people can do that, and maybe actually even bearing children, like you said, is revered. Not every woman is able to. Okay. So the leaders of the bands are all women who are able to bear children. They're all mothers. Yeah. So that's what they're called. They are called mother. the the mother, the band mother. Or not band mother. That sounds a little too band nerdy. Shut up, Jake. <laughs> band um, mom. 
I don't want to go a dead mom e- either, although that's pretty perfect. I just, I just like mothers. Just mothers? Okay. Just mother. There, there, there are a few exceptions to this whole rule. That there's probably someone who has, in this tribe, achieved... Well, that's a story hook. Get yep, that later. That's a story hook. Save it, Matt. Um, but the male priests are barred from passing on their essence. In fact, any of like the wit- the witches are barred from passing on their essence. Okay. So anyone who's in that religious magical capacity cannot pass on their essence. That's the sacrifice they give up to learn these secrets. And there's probably a ritual they over- that they go through that like puts a lock or a seal on them that prevents that from ever happening. Okay. So even if they change their mind, sorry, you went through the ritual. Right. Kind of a, a, a magical castration almost. Yeah. Except non-gendered. Like, non-gendered, right. Yeah. Um, and not no physical sign of it. No outward appearance, no physiological change, nothing that is scarring at all. Like, this right. is 100% voluntary. And it's 100% you, spiritual. Yeah, you choose to make this sacrifice for the people. I also like the idea, if we're if we're mainly having the mothers be the leaders, mm-hmm. that the birth cycle is shorter because of the magic. So instead of nine months, maybe three. I don't know if I like three. Maybe six? Three just seems real fast. Like, I'm thinking, like, in biological terms, that would make a whole... There'd have to be so much heat involved. Yeah. Six... Well, and the thing is, maybe the mother can give birth twice a year. And in order to basically petition to have a child, you have to go to the mother... And there's like a process in order to petition to have a child. I like that. I like that. It's like a worthiness thing. Like you yeah. have to demonstrate something. Um, I also feel like maybe each band has two mothers. Okay. Has two mothers. They're not allowed to be like, let's, let's keep, let's keep this magical, magically induced pregnancy to six months. So there needs to be an area where on the first half, they can be. They can choose to be pregnant whenever, like, mm-hmm. sort of within a limit. Like, they it's have magic. to maintain six months of the year. Though they have to be able to serve on without any restriction or encumbrance as the mother of the the band. I got you. So then they switch. Yeah. So if one's like, I would very much like to carry the child for these two people, for these two men of the tribe, I'm going to carry their child. Will you, once your pregnancy that you're on has ended, or will you refrain from having, from becoming pregnant until I am done with this process? Well, yes, I will do that for you. Maybe, maybe there are three. Okay. So that way there's always one, but sometimes two that are available and non-pregnant. So maybe, maybe when all three are not pregnant it's like okay there's a a big calamity or a big thing facing our tribe the three of us because i'm I'm very much about the power of three 
Mm-hmm. Um, I feel three is a very important number because it also gives voting. You know, these mothers are mothers for wisdom as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they gain wisdom and things so they can discuss it and vote. Um, and it's it's kind of definitely not a democracy. Nobody chose these people to be their mothers, but they are all basically the tribe consider themselves the children of these mothers and their mother's job is to watch after them and take care of them. Well, what I'm picturing is that each band of the tribe has a three, right? A three mother set. Would, would this be almost like a maid matron crone situation? Ooh, yes. Okay. Yes. So there's, so there's always going to be like the oldest one who no longer bears children, most likely just due yep. to age. Um, the matron who has born some amount that is culturally fine for these people mm-hmm. and the maid who has just become like they've just she is able to bear children she is mm-hmm. one of these that is able to do that and she has just arrived she has just been placed in this band or she's by the, the newest by one the witch in the band by the mother of the mountain yes the mother the of the mountain which is the, the witch. witch is yep. a little unwieldy uh, so these people their name is the children of the mountain mm-hmm so that's their name as a people. We are the children of the mountain or the children of the peak or something. Ooh, I like children of the peak. Children of the peak. And I don't think we need to translate it. I I, I just like children oh. of the peak. I think that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, man. I love these people already so, so much. Okay. Um, that's five tribes, isn't it? Yep, that's five tribes. It's five tribes. Dang. Okay, so I'm going to put, we have two kind of large areas of the continent left available to them, kind of up here uh-huh. or down here. Uh-huh. Which should we like? North or south? Let's put them to the far north. The north? Okay. So I'm just going to kind of dot a line, kind of their rough territory. I'm seeing them as going kind of just in a massive plain from that far north peak down to the desert barrier mountains. Exactly. And the peak is roughly in the middle, but more to the north, if that works. Just because that gives them, like, a central point. Mm-hmm. Where, where the true... Ooh, maybe the people, you know, because Mother of the Mountain is also kind of unwieldy. Maybe that's her formal title, but they all just call her the true mother. Yeah. Or yeah, the I first like mother. First mother. I think first mother. And she's definitely chosen not from among the crones, but from among the matrons. Yeah, from the, among the matrons. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, no, is she? I don't even think she is because she's a she's one of the spiritual leaders. That's so true. Maybe, she's just the oldest of the female spiritual leaders. In exactly, the and and you know maybe she also be. Ooh, I like this. So the three months missing, and this this may be. Again, this may get cut. The three months missing. When the... Because it is the first mother that does the ritual. Mm-hmm. She absorbs those three months. So she has a preternaturally long life. Okay. So that's how... Like, say she's a 160 some odd years old. But the normal birth and death rate is around 90 85 like these people still live quite long 
but the first mother has lived longer than anyone. Okay. And it's because, and she's not even stealing life force or anything sinister. It's almost a rejuvenation thing for her because she is promoting this life and creating this life. She is getting benefits from that. I feel like that's probably not even isolated to her. That any any of the like higher ranked, mm-hmm. um, we need a better, we need a name for that group under the mountain of the, the priesthood. Yeah, the 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 priest and the priestess priestesses. We need some brothers of stone. I think I think they're all shepherds. Ooh, okay. They they shepherd the 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 men that are sent out are the shepherds. The women back in the mountain that have chosen not to have any reproduction are, what's a, are they also shepherds? Are they just shepherds? Do they just shepherd life? Why don't, why, how about husband and wife? Husband of the stone, wife of the stone. I like that. That's, yes. Alan. Do they also have some sort of weird crystal at the center of their mountain? Oh my god, do they have a weird crystal? Of course they have a weird crystal! And that's how the the first mother is able to extract essence. Is the, the ritual has to happen around the crystal. This entire continent has just this crystal seam. Oh god, it yep, does. This, this whole continent has crystal running through it that kind of dictates everything. And I'm sure the lake folk have some access to this crystal, and that's why they're able to um, create the technologies that they're able to create. I like this whole crystal idea. Well, that's the crystal thing in the lake is how they bond with that uh, that kelp-like plant that can yep. transfer water to or air out of water. Um, man, that kind of makes it sound like that gray goo is like an all-out viral assault on this the crystal that underlies this whole continent exactly plot hook plot plot hooks plot hooks plot hooks um i love it when an evil plan comes together yeah as we're creating a world (laughs) (laughs) hey look uh any gms out there that are are interested in this we've just provided you with a big uh worldwide threat you're welcome Mm -hmm. you're Um, welcome we we're here to serve uh and the islanders know the islanders know what this technology is they are more they are the most familiar with the crystal that's why they're the most technologically advanced and they know about the the assault of this viral infection upon the crystal which is why the islanders could eventually invade the northern island to try to stop it but the northern islanders just or the northern continent folks just see it as a threat upon their way of life because the islanders don't feel like they have to express themselves they're just like no this is a problem we have to fix it yes we will come back to them uh, <laughs> for the record the southern continent no crystals no crystals on the southern continent that's why they that's why they kind of live in peace is nobody really knows and maybe that's how the island folk know about the North is because they're connected by the crystal. I like that. Um, what else do we need? Um, so the children of the peak, presumably for the rest of this world we've set up or this continent that we've set up to work, they have to be at least guardedly friendly with like the nomads to cross through their land. 
maybe they don't allow anyone to interact with their mothers. Only only the husbands or the wives of the of the stone can interact with outsiders. Yeah, and like the the whole band may show may meet like a band of the forgotten. Mm-hmm. But only the husbands or wives of the stone will step out to talk to them. And there's a husband and wife pair with every band. At least one, yeah. At least two. one pair, yeah. if not two. Because what I'm picturing is that the And it can be two husbands, two wives. It, I mean, it can be a combination, but there needs to be two representatives of the first mother with each band. I feel like there needs to be one of each. There has to be a husband and wife, but they don't have to necessarily be like partners. Right. In in any sense of that word. Like, as long as there is one of each, the band is spiritually whole. As long as they're, they have their three mothers and then the husband the and husband wife and of the, the stone, wife. then they're whole as a band. Um, I'm picturing these bands as being like upwards of 50 people. Yeah. Like, this is... The, I was the thinking almost a hundred people. I would be fine with that. I like the forgotten. I'm seeing much more like three or four wagon train, like three exactly. or four wagons. More, much more like the Romany bands. So a much smaller, like maybe twenty to thirty in a forgotten band. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea that the children of the peak are the children of the stone is what they're called now. Children of the stone, uh, because we established that motif. Um. So the Children of the Stone have a hundred to maybe even a hundred and fifty in a band. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows how many bands? Make up as many as you need. Yep. Um, there's probably also one time a year, uh, probably around like the winter. Yep. Like the winter solstice. Winter solstice and summer solstice. And that's time. Ah. You can find Alan at Alan underscore cells on Twitter. You can find Matt at Matt Hoadley on Twitter. You can reach the show at forging underscore worlds or by emailing us, forgingworlds at fifthdraw.com. This show and the rest of the Fifth Draw family of shows can be found at fifthdraw.com. Forging Worlds is presented under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 4.0 international license. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org. 